that first conversation with RM that was in uh, 2017, I think like it's one of my favorite interviews of all time. Like I've interviewed many, many artists over the like years, like I would say like hundreds of artists came from such a place of curiosity, even from his side of things, where he was like, oh, like, you know, he had questions about India, about the fans here. It, it was just, like, so easy to speak to him. He just made it, like, really, really easy. I was so nervous. We all have idols. People who we religiously watch perform through our screens. For some, it's musicians. Some, it's cricketers or football players. And for some, it's actors. But have you ever wondered what it would be like to meet your idol? There is an invisible curtain of reality that separates us and them. And because of this divide, we are free to create whatever stories or assumptions we want to have about these performers. Our own fantasy land. But what happens when that lifts away? What happens when you actually get to talk to your idol? Does your reality break? Or do the two worlds come together? In this episode of the BTS in India podcast, I have with me Riti Chakraborty, senior writer and video producer with Rolling Stone India. She has not only interviewed BTS four times, but she's also the leading voice from India covering K-pop. Few know K-pop as much as Riti does. But even before she became an expert, she was a fan. And BTS have greatly influenced her life, shaping her to become what she is today. Because like many of us figuring out what to do with our lives, she too struggled with the same problem. Hey guys, this is me, Shivam Srivastav, host of your favorite podcast that is about the rise of Korean pop group BTS in India, seen through the lens of its fans who call themselves the ARMY. In this chat that you're about to hear, I got to speak to Riddhi, the journalist, and Riddhi, the BTS fan. Please note, this was recorded a few months ago, before we were in this second wave of the corona pandemic, and hence our voices are more cheerful. At the time, we had no idea that shit was going to go down in a few months. But I hope this episode is a good escape for you from all the chaos surrounding. Let's listen in. Do you remember the first time you listened to BTS? Oh yeah. Um, It was in 2015. And I was actually listening to uh, Big Bang. And that's another amazing group that I absolutely love. And um, in the YouTube recommended, uh, BTS's mm. this song called Dope popped up. And I was like, oh my God, that looks really colorful. Let me check this out. Because at that point in time, I'd sort of like heard their name, but I didn't really, I hadn't heard any of the music, hadn't seen any videos. And I watched that and it was such an adrenaline rush. You know, I felt so cheerful at the end of it. I was like, whoa, like it was so shiny and so new. And I was like, oh my God, like, look at their dancing. Like even though I, I had, uh, I was familiar with a couple of K-pop groups, this level of mm. choreography I hadn't seen before. And at that point in time in my life, I was going through a lot of like difficult mm. things and a lot of my friendships had broken apart. A lot of shit was happening. And literally these music videos sort of reflected what had happened in my life. And I was like shocked because I was like, how is it that this Korean boy group, you know, <laughs> is able to, first of all, they're boys. And yeah. I was like, and leagues yeah. away from me, we are so different. But at the end of the day, they sort of were able to convey the same sort of issues that we as young people had been through as well together, like experiences 
like depression experiences, like losing friendships, you know, like strife with your parents, stuff like that. It was all sort of portrayed in these music videos. And again, like I think like I think you will relate to this. The storytelling factor of it all was so appealing. You know, the fact that they were able to sort of string together this cinematic universe and tell these stories that sort of like had so many layers of meaning. And I was enthralled. So that 2015, that year was life-changing for me because I just spent that yeah. year diving into their music. I'm curious, in 2015, what were you doing? Were, did you already start working or were you in college? Oh, I had graduated from college in early 2015 and I was working with a PR company. I wasn't... Uh, because I wasn't able to get any jobs in journalism, it was so difficult. Like I'd applied to so many places and I didn't get it. At that point, when I first found BTS, I hadn't even started working with the PR company. I was still like living with my parents and just out of college. And a lot of shit had happened in college. And it was like, I was really thinking, what am I doing with my life? You know, I feel like I'm a complete mess. I'm so helpless right now. And I felt like I was such a burden on my family, you know, because I felt I had so many different visions for myself after graduating from college and none of that had come to me. I think a lot of us sort of go through that. Finding BTS was sort of like a bomb, you know, to that, where it was like you could escape that pain for like five minutes. And it was also an assurance that you're not the only one going through this. You're not the only one who has been through this. There are people... Even if it's not people from your country, even if it's these seven boys who are like literally thousands of miles away. So I felt a little bit heard. I felt a little bit seen. And I felt like, okay, like if they can, you know, pick themselves up and keep going, I can probably do it too. So at that point in time, I kept like, that's how I sort of pushed myself and I got the job in PR. And even though I was completely unhappy doing that, I was like, it's fine, power through, (laughs) just keep going. (laughs) And that that entire time I was just listening to BTS and I was like, girl, you got this, like just. And uh, then in 2016, I started working with Rolling Stone. When you were, you know, talking about this, you casually, you know, just mentioned that, you know, when I spoke to BTS, right? <laughs> and, 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 and I don't know, but if we, if we are going to have uh, any kind of royalty on the show, I think uh, you would be one of them because you've oh actually God. spoken to BTS. Yeah, um, not royalty though. <laughs> But uh, definitely, I feel very grateful to them for giving me the opportunity. So you, you've interviewed them, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, you interviewed them thrice? Four times. Four times. Yeah. Wow. So I guess a lot of fans listening to the podcast would really want to know, what was that like? Um, it's like, see, the first time I ever spoke to them, I spoke to RM. And that, I think, is the one I cherish the most. Because after that, like, it's been mostly uh, email correspondence, you know, because BTS, it's a little rare for them to do telephonic, or they do video, you know what I mean? But that first conversation with RM, that was in uh, 2017. I think like it's one of my favorite interviews of all time. Like I've interviewed many, many artists over the like years. Like I would say like hundreds of artists. But for me, that was A, you're speaking to someone who is the leader of your favorite band. But also that conversation was like this confirmation that he's literally so similar to me. Like I felt like, oh, wow, like we really are. Like, that's what I felt when I was listening to the music, right? So, like, yeah. now when I'm actually speaking to this person, I was like, oh, my God, like, that's how I feel when I listen to the music. This is who he is. He's not putting on any act. It's not like he's 
trying too hard to be somebody he's not. No, that was one of the most genuine conversations I've ever had with a musician in my life because it was, it came from such a place of curiosity, even from his side of things where he was like, oh, like, you know, he had questions about India, about the fans here. It, it was just like so easy to speak to him. He just made it like really, really easy. I was so nervous. Oh my God. But he made it simple. And it was over the course of the conversation, you kind of forget who you're speaking to because RM is that charming, that friendly, that sweet. So it was just a breeze and also so important in my career as a journalist because I felt like that also sort of convinced me that I want to not just work with them again, but also work with artists in the K-pop industry because it was just this whole other world. It's so different from, you know, the industry in India and the industry in the West. So that conversation sort of was a hallmark of so many other things that made me who I am as a journalist. It's such a vast world that you're always looking for waypoints or evidence of whatever, you know, your beliefs. So... I guess for you at that point, it was something, it was a big milestone for you in that sense. It was, what I loved about it was um, I didn't have to, I never like to switch off who I am as a professional when I do interviews. And I really liked that I didn't need to do that. It was so nice because it was professional from both our ends. And yet it was so comfortable. It was immediately like this uh, mutual understanding, which I felt was, it's so difficult to establish that with an artist because everybody's on their guard. You know, when you speak to a musician, speak to celebrities, celebrities are very on guard about what they say to the media. And like when it came to RM, I, I guess it's like, because he is who he is, he's so calm about things and I guess so seasoned right as a as a celebrity so he just knows exactly where to take the conversation so I felt like I want to sort of work on being more a little bit more like him where I can establish the sense of comfort with anybody I'm speaking to and that's something that I found really inspirational as a journalist which I learned from him I was like okay like how to break the ice I mean like these are things we do as journalists but with him it was um Something about it where he was also looking out for me, you know, and how comfortable I was in the conversation. I felt like I really appreciated that. So that's something like I also felt like I really want to maintain this when I speak to someone. Like, you know, the way he made me feel is something even I want to do when I speak to somebody else. So I, I feel I'll, like that's something I will always be super grateful for. I'll always cherish that. Because it gave me like this, like how to be friendly, but also how to be professional and make sure your person you're speaking to is also like, you know, really calm and like in a good place to speak to you. So I feel like that's something he he's a master of for sure. Like, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And I was like, because before he picked up the phone, I was so, so scared. Describe was, to me, uh, was this like over a WhatsApp call? Was this over like a regular call? <laughs> it was over Skype. What were your emotions like before? When did you find out that you're going to be speaking to him? How much time did you have? The interview to organize it took six months to get them in one place, like to get him in one place and to get a slot with him you know in his schedule it took six months that first one this was this was we're talking 2017 you know so it wasn't even this was like just before they really blew up so it took that long to even secure the time with him and then the anticipation was killing me because i was like oh my god like i don't want to i don't want to mess this up you know i don't want to say something stupid to literally one of my favorite artists in the world but that like you feel with anyone like i still feel that with anybody that i interview like before i speak to them but um the prep was actually the best 
part of it it was a breeze because i know all of their music in and out so that was pretty okay but uh, the, i think what was the most nerve wracking was like you know the 5 minutes before he comes on the line that was bad that was like i'm going to like i'm freaking out but then you also never want to show the artist this like that's something you cannot show the artist so i'm like okay like just remain calm and then uh, their manager was like okay ready like he's just going to come on the line just give me a minute and then i'm like oh my god this is it and then like it's finally happening oh man it was like i can't believe like it was finally happening like this is after years and years of being a fan and then finally you know you get to talk to this person and uh, when he came on and he was so friendly and then he started with a question he asked me like oh what time is it in india and i was like oh it's uh, 6:30 or something and then he's like oh great like it's 10 pm here in korea So then it was just such a stupid little way to like I don't know we were talking about the time but somehow that just broke the ice he's a genius like I don't know why like that was so the right move but it really was because we immediately segued into like I was like oh man like isn't that pretty late for you to be doing an interview and then he was like yeah but you know how it is I'm used to it you know what I mean and then like we started laughing about it so it's sort of like and then I was also like yeah as a journalist you know so it's pretty much the same for me artist from around the world you have to get used to it and it was so cool that all it took like I forgot I literally forgot at that moment that pressure I forgot the nerves and talking to him was so easy and, uh, and how long do you guys speak for like 45 minutes yeah he had like another schedule after that which was crazy because he was like he was telling me oh, I have like another interview after this and stuff so I was like oh my god like that means he would have been up like for quite a while because he was saying yeah I have like so many schedules tonight but you know like it's totally fine blah 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 and I was like damn this guy But that's like I think BTS in general now their schedules are like crazy packed like crazy crazy packed Think for a moment or go back a few years when you were just absolutely in love with this not so well known Korean music group you probably didn't know too many people around you that were into this type of music let alone know about this band called what pts and you felt so strongly about them connected with them but were unable to share that feeling share that appreciation with people around you no matter how many interactions you had online it was not the same but one fine day you realized holy shit there are more of us in india it's just not me and then spotify comes along and the numbers are huge topping the charts in india you just had no idea This is something that I found common with people who did not know about BTS and BTS fans themselves. They both had no idea of how huge this was turning out to be. Here is Riddhi again. Outside it's a pretty powerful community. It's huge because um even up and even like 2 years back and all there were fan meetups that would go into the hundreds. Like my friends and I we had an album listening session in I think it was in 2017 I can't remember 2017 2017 2018 and we lost count at 150 armies who had shown up for the album listening party and we were like we thought okay like only like 50 people going to show up for this like we were like okay come on like how many people are going to be there in like mumbai we really had no idea we were like okay chalo like it'll be fun like maybe maximum 50 we were thinking man like the amount of crowd of armies who started like coming in we totally couldn't count them anymore and we were like oh shit like we're going to go over capacity for the venue and all it was this 
club in andheri west like a pub okay. yeah like a pub you know like um, yeah just it had like two floors and upstairs it was like this little um where people would yeah. do stand up and things like there was like this little area that you could book and have like okay. little shows you could even perform or whatever you wanted so we just wanted to book that area so we thought like okay fine it'll be enough and it really wasn't it was so difficult to fit people in and we went way over capacity and then like it was even the like owners of the restaurant and the staff and all were like what what the hell is happening over here like all these fans have come and descended and like we're all screaming listening to the music and i think like even a lot of people who were at the gathering it was their first time also experiencing this togetherness because so many people didn't realize how many of us are out there you know at the time like you wouldn't have all you had were like maybe mutual like friends or whatever on the internet even if you are on the internet even if you are whatever you had like maybe facebook you had maybe like myspace damn i'm so old but <laughs> but you had all these platforms but it was so few people who yeah. were into the same bands as you i mean now i think as an army over the past 3 years or so it's like just actually just last week i went shopping um and i was in the dressing room hmm. at an h&m and they played dynamite and literally two doors over two three people like oh, bts and we didn't know each other whatever but everybody was so excited you know it was like oh my god like that's how common it is to find someone who is army like in your own city randomly shopping somewhere and this has happened multiple times my friends and i were out at some burger king like maybe two years ago and they started playing uh, one of bts's tracks and literally this other table also looked up and we all just sort of like made eye contact it was hilarious <laughs> and amazing and in that sense i have never experienced anything like that any other fandom that i've been part of bts and their fandom has continued to surprise people like this you know where like you won't actually it's it surprises us ourselves as the fandom it surprises bts like we are all in this but we're all constantly shocked by each other you know which is hilarious because like even when i interviewed bts about like dynamite i had and, and the success of dynamite in india and i had sent uh, them the numbers because you know like their team showed them the numbers and everything and bts were like like damn like this is not something we expected coming from india and india was like ha we also didn't think okay like like nobody thought kisi ko nahi pata tha no one knew like many fans was like they were in spotify release the numbers we were also like are really like you did this <laughs> so you know it's like a really uh, india is booming when it comes to i mean i think we are one of the most powerful fan bases in the world for bts because we come only second or third to the us market and to indonesia which is saying something because both of them are so much more us is way bigger than us and indonesia is way more established than us for like for decades you know in the k pop market even the us but like the us in general the as a music market like to compete with is impossible right so to say that we have come this close is i think a pretty pretty big deal like it wasn't the uk it wasn't maybe france it wasn't you know it wasn't any of these countries it wasn't any of the western countries it wasn't even china it wasn't china it wasn't korea it wasn't anybody like that it was india and i think nobody saw that coming not us not bts not big hit nobody the labels involved nobody saw it coming which is why 
once the numbers for DNA were that massive, that's when BTS also like really actively have started focusing on India, which is beautiful. You know, like they were also so keen to work with uh, me and Rolling Stone on doing an interview and like, you know, like talking about learning more about India and like finding out more about what the audience wants, which I think is like quite, quite fascinating because even they were like before this for many, many years, like when I would speak to Big Hit or have meetings in Korea. It was like, none of us knew like what the true numbers were in India, which I think is so difficult to find out. The BTS army is not only growing, but is now marching. Just one quick thing before we leave. I want 10 seconds of your time. Just 10 seconds is all it takes to press the follow button and share this podcast. Trust me, I've timed it with a stopwatch. It would be great if you could give 10 more seconds to this podcast and help us get the word out. Hope you guys are staying safe. Keep your family close and stay inside your homes. Mask up. We will get through this. See you in the next episode. This is me, Shivam Shivastav.